episode 54 of Board Games with Variant Hex is all about games from Ares Games, Artana, Bezier Games, and Board and Dice. I'm Kelly, and in this episode, Adam and I talk about these publishers and what they're bringing to sell at Gen Con 2022, according to the Board Game Geek list. In addition to the full list itself, we're also putting BGG links to all the games we mentioned in the show notes. We've noticed that new games are being added as we record these as well, so if it looks like we skipped a game, Rest assured that we'll cover it with all the other late editions once we get to the end of the publisher alphabet. Without further ado, I'll turn it over to myself and Adam talking about Ares Games, Artana, Bezier Games, and Board and Dice. I don't even know anything about Ares Games. I don't. I also don't know anything about Last Aurora, because I have not played that, but the expansion is called frozen steel Mm -hmm. and that sounds very fantastical very high fantasy like a marvel movie or like some sort of x-men comic so yeah i'm excited by that the image has some sort of fiery action behind a character Mm -hmm. carrying i believe an axe on that so it's everything i like in a game but i'm probably not gonna buy it i'll be honest is it an axe and a gun i think it's an axe and a gun that's how they get you, because you're looking at the axe, the son of a gun, <laughs> gun to the face. You know what? I Great think, catch, Kelly. I appreciate that. I'm looking through some of the images, and this looks like maybe post-apocalyptic, because these people seem to be trying to survive, but they have like they have a lot of military equipment, and they seem there's a person who is part of their um, outfit has like a caution radioactive like sign as well as a speed limit sign. So I think it's like you know they've scavenged for the pieces of the civilization that are gone and now they're fighting off mutants which look like zombies the description says four starting crew members with asymmetric abilities that's fine i don't love asymmetric but that's something people like yeah the next line says a set of enemies very powerful and hard to kill i don't know that's enticing me to play the game i don't want it super hard what is this to kill the enemies is it co-op is this like um what's that left for dead i've never played it because i'm not into that but the video game isn't that are you just like shooting a bunch of like everything's trying to attack you and you're trying to fend it off like sort of thing what a great question yeah Uh, i don't know there's a player versus player set so that does seem to suggest Mm. that maybe the default is not player versus players so you know what i think you hit it dead on Maybe. I, I've heard this title before. It's not a very old game. Uh, let's see. 2020 for Last Aurora. Definitely doesn't seem like my kind of deal. I'm not usually into post-apocalyptic stuff. Yeah, I don't I don't think I'll be picking up the uh, original, the base game or the expansion for Last Aurora. Now, Orconomics. Orconomics. It's the cutthroat economic board game for orc uh. entrepreneurs only. I think this may have been crowdfunded i thought that i had heard of this already and i was guessing that was the outlet where i where i'd heard about it it looks like you can pre-order it for 28 dollars on miniature market it's saying the msrp is 40 and that's pretty much true for miniature market like they tend to be a, a good clip under msrp a lot of uh a lot of the board game websites game nerds miniature market um tabletop merchant i think is one that uh, i've used as well a lot of them tend to be a good clip under msrp the number of times i would say in this game and i've never played this game 
I'll bid everything I have and my blood and my next child. Like, I would say that <laughs> seven times a game at least. Oh, geez. Well, maybe you'd be an excellent orc entrepreneur. Yeah, we'll find out for $40. See, competing each, against or each other $20. to establish companies in 10 industrial sectors. It says it's area majority, auction bidding, dice rolling, modular board, and worker placement. I like a lot of that. Yeah. I haven't seen a picture. Oh, there are some pictures on Board Game Geek of like the actual game and components. It looks nice. I'm not, you know, I don't know that I would call myself an orc entrepreneur. So I don't know that like that theming, that kind of setting is really exciting me. The artwork looks well done, but I'm like, oh, well, it's, but it's all orcs. So yeah. The Orconomics name is doing a lot of work for me. Like it's pretty <laughs> funny every time, I'll be honest. So. Like, I think I want to see that when I walk by my shelf. Yep, I think so. Now, Kelly, have you ever played The Thing? I have not. We have a game called Hunted that has a very similar cover. It's a much smaller game. It's just like a, a little card game sort of thing. Um, but that one, a cover that's pretty like solidly one color, and then the writing that has like a picture in it, and it's very blocky. Uh, so that's what it makes me think of, but I think there's no, I think it's just happenstance. I don't think there's any association between the two. I have not played the Thing board game, and this is the expansion for it. But it says that the Thing board game also came out this year. So I think none of this is very, this is all pretty new. Oh, I think the Thing's been around for a while. Well, the Thing. Because well, I think it was not, more like the original, yeah. The Thing, yes, but not the Thing, the board game. Oh, I thought the thing, the board game has been out for a while because I thought it was like one of the original like hidden role, someone might be against you games, but maybe I'm just making all of this up. It says it's the official board game based on the cult movie from 1982. I don't know. There could have maybe been... Maybe I'll have to look at my unofficial dark web version of the game. It could be some other movie board game situation, but also... Maybe I was thinking of The Proposal with Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock, the game, which is confused people, pretty often. Yeah, people always mix those two up. It, right. It seems to be, um, again, a little bit horror, nothing that I am going to be interested in. So really, these Aries games, hadn't heard of them, but they don't seem to be making the things that uh, I want to play. This was one to eight players, which is kind of crazy, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm interested. The hidden role with one player seems dangerous well you no know, if you're like well who am i i don't know maybe that's not a thing <laughs> you should be doing i'd imagine it's an ai hidden role or maybe it's just a whole different mm. maybe you just have a whole different objective if you're solo sometimes the solo game is like well you do have these pieces here so let's just uh let's find a way <laughs> to use them shall we right that's all of the aries games for this year right yeah there's those three yeah, yeah. and then artana Another one I'm not familiar with only has one called Power Failure. And it says English edition, which makes me think that they it's already out somewhere, just not here. Um, it says it re-implements Power On. Um, and it just was released last year. Power On looks like maybe a Chinese game from 2018. Oh, it says you stack blocks. And I'm looking at some of the images and you actually do stack up different blocks. Of I like it. Uh, hexagonal shape, octagonal shape, maybe, but like oh, that's interesting. Uh -huh. 
Oh, and they're not, it looks like you don't even stack them all. So, you know, it's not that you're always stacking them the same way. Like some you're stacking flat and then others you're stacking on their side, but you're doing it all in one tower is what this picture looks like. And I don't know if that's just artistically displaying the components or if that's really what you do as you play. The time on this, I've lost my page here. 45 minutes. Yeah. That's interesting. That's a good amount of time. That's a good amount of time. Yeah. Look, there's action cards. You can activate power plants. At the end of your turn, green power plants activate automatically, and you're trying to meet the city's energy requirements. I like that. There's a nuclear power plant, hydroelectric power plant. It's just all about it's all about energy. What it all boils down to at the end of the day. Yeah, that I mean that looks good. I'd be interested to see. And it's only fifteen dollars. Oh boy. Which I, I'm kind of like under twenty dollars. I maybe am a bit of a sucker for. Uh, game like I didn't maybe don't have to know as much but something about going over that $20 line is sort of like well man they're gonna have to kind of kind of prove it to me looks interesting enough for the price for sure yeah now the opposite of that MSRP <laughs> is gonna be our next game yeah which is a Bezier 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 is what I'm gonna go with Castles of Mad King Ludwig which we all enjoy the game now this is a collector's edition yeah 60 to 90 minutes, yep. one to five players. I'm yep. really slow rolling the part we want to talk about, which uh-huh. is that MSRP for 200 yep. American dollars. Yep. Yep. I that's, am. that's equal to half a tank of gas right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have already given them that money and I'm just waiting for it to show up because this was on Kickstarter. I backed it. It's been a while. It was among the first games that I backed. So I want to think that was 2020. I don't think that was last year. I think that was two years ago. I honestly thought it was going to be released closer to the last Gen Con. But of course, um, world events, I think a lot of things went slower. But yeah, I uh, saw it at the last Gen Con. Like they had a like prototype or a version there. I am very surprised that here we are at coming up to the next Gen Con and I still don't have this game. I got rid of my copy of Castles. I'm like, well, the big one's coming. I don't know that I have the appropriate, I should have reserved shelf space for it. Um, We'll see if I call some more games leading up to Gen Con. But yeah, I am waiting for this to arrive. It's stupid. I think that there's a kind of, right now, Castles of Burgundy is on GameFound doing the same thing. Like they're putting a whole bunch of things in a box for a good amount of money. And I don't know that this whole trend is really a good idea. I think it's going to burn itself out. But have I backed both of these castle games? Yes, I have. There are swans just swimming around. And I didn't know I was so easily swayed by swans. Yep. 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 You find a lot. Yep. You find out a lot of things about yourself. The whole game, aside from being filled with plastic pieces that you don't need, the whole thing is bigger. So I think as it stands now, like the size that this game would take up, I don't know that more than two people could play it on my six seat, like my uh, regular dining table where we play games, seat six people. And I think only two people could probably play this game on that table. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was that much bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Because you already like, you already want a little extra space because you don't know where your castle's going to go. Right. And I'm saying if you had to, I'm sure you could fit more people on there and your castles just might be 
pretty close to one another. But I think it's 30% bigger. Maybe that's a percentage I'm making up. But 30% for two people is like, that's that's a good amount of space. And then the other components that go along with it to hold the bigger components, because that's 30% bigger. But, you know, in castles, you have that middle market area, too. Well, all of that is basically 30% bigger as well. Oh, yeah, that's true. And then I think there's maybe like, I don't know, I, they they said a lot of things and I had a lot of money from all the not doing things in 2020. And I thought, well, I guess it's I guess I'm buying all these plastic castles. So, yes, I'm excited to actually get this into my hands at some point. I didn't even play it last year there because I already I already know the game. I don't need I don't need to play it like I know what it is. I So I don't need to preview it being bigger like I can imagine. And the app for this is also really good. So honestly, I don't know. It, it, it It's so reasonable to just buy the app and then give your $200 to your favorite dog charity or other oh, charity well, instead. I do support that. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, otherwise, I don't I don't think that there there may be a few extra like modes or they may have put in expansion like things but like honestly i don't i don't even know i know why i bought it it was very shiny good reason yeah it looks like you can now also see it in person and be like you know what it is shiny and maybe even take it home on like from gen con that would be that would be nice you wouldn't have waited two years like it's gonna be harder for it to live up to expectations now because i'm only gently bitter at the wait well all of those things i think might be better than cat in the box now, now this is the deluxe edition i think i want cat in a box okay well you know what yeah yeah oh, okay we're, we're coming up on conflict here yep we sure are <laughs> because <laughs> it says don't cause a paradox your hand has all color possibilities until you observe it's two to five players it's 30 dollars, 20 to 40 minute play time and this looks like it, this is, again, English edition, so we, it looks like it was, I'm guessing by the title, the original re-implementation title, that it was first Japanese, Japanese game. And it's a trick-taking game, so you, the color of your card isn't identified until you play it, putting that under, like, the crew, like, I'm kind of imagining the crew, right? and then none of those cards actually have colors on them, so I just have a hand of numbers, and maybe have... Uh, different numbers, different things. And then I get to say what color it is at every different time. It seems like utter chaos. And I want to know more about it. Okay, you're doing a good job of selling it. I think I'm always a little bit, not bitter, but, you know, Schrodinger and the cat yeah. seems to be just this mm -hmm. thing in society that people seem to know about. Yep. And it's not like there's any additional theoretical physics after this. It's just that's the one thing yeah. people seem to know about. It is. And I think I'm just a little tired of the reference. Listen, Aaron got a shirt that I hate that I won't be describing <laughs> here. He saw like a meme and then clicked it and actually bought the shirt. Gave him a credit card and everything. It came to our house. Um, Kind of along those lines of, gosh, this just seems to be a thing and a joke that everyone talks about. They could call this whatever they wanted to call it. I like this idea. I find this idea very interesting that you have a trick-taking game and your hand is suitless. 
and you're going to be assigning suits like on the fly. I'm very interested to see how that works. So that might be one that I try to see if I can find a video for it, even if it's in Japanese, like find a video for it, find some kind of preview of it. I know it's going to be here at uh, Gen Con, but I think I like kind of want to see it before that. This is very interesting. You know, that's a good maybe lesson in games, possibly life as well about, you know, because I was kind of like rolling my eyes at yep. this yeah, theme. Yeah. But, you know, if the game is good, the game is good. And I yeah. think that's at the end of the day what matters, whether it's skinned in a Harry Potter, a Battlestar Galactica, mm-hmm. a Star Wars, or a Schrodinger yes. dead or a live cat. Yes. Like, and, and I think for me, you know what, that's a good reminder to like not just say, oh, another blah, blah, blah game. This, yeah. Give it a chance. Give it a chance. Well, I think that's how I am about uh, zombie games. There's so many of them. And by default, I have no interest in zombies. But that doesn't mean... And a lot of them are actually some kind of survival horror. But that doesn't mean every single one is. We We had zombie dice for a long time. I don't think we have it anymore. But, you know, technically it was a zombie game. But really, it was just like a little dice rolly push your luck thing that was... Very approachable, very quick to play, like just great to bring out with whoever. So yeah. it's a good point that you you might be making the right assumptions about a game. And there's, you know, there's 168 games just on this list. There's so many board games. But you got to leave yourself open for, you know, a little surprise uh, for it to bring something you're not expecting. Yeah, I, I agree. There's a, uh, I forget the name of the movie now. Like zombie movies generally are all the same kind of thing, just like mm-hmm. zombie games. But there's one called... Boy, I'm, it's not going to come to me. That's okay. But it's like a teen romance. Oh, I know what you're talking about, but I don't know the name of it either. Yeah, and, and it and it defied the genre so much that I was like so impressed by that movie that it kind of pulled off a trick that I didn't think was possible with the zombie movie. Uh, could it be Warm Bodies Something, from 2013? Warm Bodies. That's it. I was going to say Warm Hearts, but I knew that wasn't right. Okay. <laughs> It's an American paranormal romantic zombie comedy film. Yep. And it's based on a 2010 novel. And that is what Wikipedia tells me before I actually have to click to read the rest of it. That's everything you need to know. You don't right. need to click at all. So. <laughs> it's like, I think you're good. But yeah, that same yep. thing of, yeah, it is. We do maybe do a theme to death sometimes uh, in all kinds of media. But yep. there's still a little room out there for surprise. There's still a little room out there for innovation yeah yeah no i like that um so that's all the bezier games that will be there and and i like bezier games in general they did the werewolf series as well i believe by their icon oh yes 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 yeah i bet they're gonna have more games there because they i mean who knows who knows maybe this is in fact all they've got going but i feel like they had quite a few things there last year and like a a good amount of space so uh yeah we'll see and this is we're doing this in June, so there's a lot on here, but uh, things will continue to be added as time goes on. Now, Board and Dice mm-hmm. seem to have a little bit more games than the last couple we've done here. here. The first is, oh no, Founders of... Teotihuacan. Thank you so much. I think. Boy. And I, that's, yeah. that's what my instincts told me from watching board game videos, so that's... Close enough that we all know we're on the same page. Yep, that's perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Um, which is a action points, ancient and city building game. 
this seems fifty dollars. I'm guessing this is maybe that same more classic style of yeah. high strategy game. Yeah, fourteen plus an hour gameplay. Like yeah. this seems to be familiar territory. I think we're in some normal Euro game stuff. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. It looks like three to four rounds. You're gonna place action discs on the board and use resources. You know all. Yeah. I, when you break down like some of these Euro games, and I guess that's what makes it sort of a genre, but when you break it down, it's like, yep, those are the things you're going to be doing. Get excited. Yep. Same things you did in the other ones. We got cardboards. We got tokens. Get in here. It's going to be it's gonna all be the same size box. Like I already know what the size of the box yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to fit nice. I know exactly yes. what it is. Yep. <laughs> it looks like there's some polyomino pieces and maybe like a joint center board thing that's happening here. And I'm, Right. I'm imagining this has some kind of relationship to the other Teotihuacan game, but I don't know what that relationship is. Oh, did not know there was another one. There is so. another one, um, and I have not played it. And it could be that just, hey, maybe we just want more stories about Teotihuacan. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. It, it, they could have no relationship whatsoever, but it seems specific enough for there to be two of them that you would imagine that. Yeah, it looks good. It looks like... You know, in that Euro space of these components aren't exactly stellar, but I can see that there's a lot of strategy and development in this game. That's where the price is coming from. Sometimes it's because like, wow, you these this the things inside this box look expensive. That is not what's happening here. It's the development of the game that I think was expensive and where the kind of work went in. The more wooden cubes there are, Mm -hmm. the more the chances I'm going to either love or hate that game, depending mm -hmm. on how it plays. That's like polarizing for you. Yeah, that is the thing where <laughs> it's like either they've done a great job developing this. Right. Or they just put a bunch of wooden cubes in a box. Right, and just hope for the best. I don't like when they it feels like they had to keep adding rules to like balance the game. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and that, yeah. you'll, you'll have that. You'll have that. Now, this says it's an expansion. This next one is an expansion for Origins First Builders. That was... Had a lot of buzz around it last year when it came out. And on that game, you leave your mark on history by guiding the most successful civilization to victory. This loot box is a collection of promo content for several popular games published by Board and Dice. It says that it's an expansion for Origins, but I'm kind of looking to see... Yes, okay, so Teotihuacan City of the Gods by the same publisher, making me think there is some kind of connection there. Um, there's a Book of Challenges... For experienced players, there's Tekenu, uh, yeah. Obelisk of the Sun. All of these titles are unfamiliar to my regular English-speaking self, so bear with us here. Uh, there's a book of challenges for that as well, a cloth bag, and some a module that adds some buildings. Taiwan Tinsu, I, I, that one I don't have a recording of someone else saying it in my head. But that's the Incan yeah. Empire, the Inca Empire. There's another book of challenges and a cloth bag. So that we're kind of seeing the same sort of stuff. Origins First Builders, we have a couple modules for that one. And then Zapotec, we have a quick start module, it looks like. Now, all of that said, yeah, I guess, yeah, we have the Origins First Builders. So one, two, three, four, five, looks like, different games. Now, I don't have any of those games. So... Well, but for the low price of $25, you can spend $250 <laughs> yeah. to get those things. I like this idea of a publisher putting all of that, like all of their expansion kind of one-off things in one box so that you don't have to try to store those things maybe into the original boxes where they don't fit. 
and that you don't have to buy them all one by one because absolutely they could have sold each one of these for like, I don't know, 15 or whatever dollars, all in separate boxes that I that are all some weird size. So I like this idea a lot. It just so happens I don't have anything from Board and Dice in my collection right now. It also kind of does that line of selling their collection because you have two of the games and you're like, well, I kind of want this for two of the games. I guess I'll get the loot box. It kind of incentivizes you to buy the other game. So excellent marketing idea. I would like more publishers to do something like this. Put this all together for us instead of kind of having this hunt to try to find each different one. So Kelly, if you were going to pick a loot box from a specific game designer that would probably best suit your collection, what would that be? Wow. Gosh, I know it's on the spot. It's on I'm the spot. Sorry, but it, I'd yeah. have to probably, I'd probably have to double check the shelves downstairs. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I do have a fair amount of AEG games because um, they do yeah. like Calico, Cascadia. I have Santa Monica, um, Space Base, and I have bought their either on the Kickstarters. They'll have extra content in those for the ones they do with flat out games. I did get promos separately at Gen Con last year for Santa Monica and Space Base. So that would have been nice if they had one, you know, kind of like regular box size, but not as tall. And it just had expand, it had like all those promo expansion kind of things for a variety of their games. That yeah. would be a good one. I, I know that there are more publishers that I'm not, I mean, we just did AEG recently and going through this list. But that's something I'll be thinking of as we continue looking at this Gen Con preview. Yeah, for sure. Is Z-Man still a valid game publisher or were they bought out by somebody? I think they've been uh. rolled up into something else. Now, I don't I don't know that for sure, but I can't see. We'll see when we get to the end of this alphabet, I suppose, if they're at Gen Con. But previous years, as I was getting deeper into the hobby, like 2018 through now, so that 2018, 2019, 2020, I feel like there was more of these kind of publishers consolidating, changing. Asmodee bought a whole bunch of them, I think, too. Yep. So there's been, you know, some of that, like, absorbing. And I think they've kind of, you know, it's hard being a small independent publisher. I think uh, sometimes it's smaller companies more mutually joining up together to to create new ones. Yeah, that's fair. Because I was going to say, I think I was buying games more when Z-Man was at their existence mm-hmm. or... Peak or whatever that was, because yeah. I was going to say that'd be my probably my pick, but not if they don't exist, then I would not want them to right, right. make a loot box. I think CGE, Check Games Edition, that would be another good one. They did Arnok. Uh, they just did a new Galaxy Trucker, but that would be another oh. one that I could see, like... And you kind of have to, I think maybe for a brand, maybe it makes more sense if you know that you're kind of doing a type of game and a lot of your customers are buying multiple like buying a lot of things from you it's not like no we got this one ip that we think you like you'll buy this one game so i think there are there are publishers that have a bit of an identity to them and that maybe makes more sense and what board and dice is doing here it they definitely seem to be like yep this is the thing we're doing and even the things in that box were similar where they're like yes this is this extra challenge book for more experienced players and we're giving you one for each of these games which I do like. I like a challenge book as yeah. a supplement for yeah. it versus, you know, upgraded pieces where the game is exactly the same. Like the challenge yeah. book seems to expand the game a little more yep. in a cost effective way. I, I do kind of like that. Right. How much more game you're going to get for like kind of a low price. Right. Yeah. 
Um, Mandala Stones Harmony is the next one from Board and Dice, and this is an expansion for Mandala Stones. That is also a pretty new game, came out last year. You use artists to collect colorful stones and towers, then dismantle them for points. And I think it has um, tiles that are circle, but otherwise remind you of the ones from Azul, like these brightly colored acrylic tiles with some printing on the top. And I think it's something about like when you move them and stack them, the order they're in has to do with the scoring or value of them. So it's kind of this 3D spatial situation. I think it can. It's just a 30-minute game, and it's not particularly heavy, but I imagine it can get a little thinky if you're trying to get those get those stacks the way you want them. And now they have um, this Harmony expansion. That seems good. I, I don't know enough about the game to yep. know how the expansion's going to change it that much, but it seems colorful it's circular two things i like in a game <laughs> sure the uh the original game is 28 for miniature market we're mentioning miniature market because they happen to be the ad that is currently on all of these uh bgg pages so good for them it's working uh but you can probably find it a number of places including your local game store since it's been out for a little bit and then this expansion is 15 dollars so depending on, it says Wildstones create new possibilities and a new source of competition. I think that's a pretty reasonable like base game to expansion cost. Maybe it's a little high, but it's hard to go too much lower than that. Wildstones create new possibilities was almost an ankle tattoo I got. So that's really oh. ironic that it's also the, well, the you, phrase for this game. You might want to pick this up then. It might kind of speak to you right. on another level. Yeah. It already is. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. So... Tawatensuyu. Tawatensuyu. It's it's that one. You know, the Golden yep. Age. It's for one of four players. And this is an expansion for the original game, which was uh, the Inca Empire, by the same name otherwise. Uh, yeah, one of four players. $35 for the expansion, which is a real Euro game expansion kind of cost, where you think, well, I could have a number of good games previously mentioned for the price of this one expansion. So yep. you'd want to know that you like the base game. I think it's hard to just, you know, buy these together to start off. Cause that's, that's, that's pretty expensive. And this has four new expansion modules for that base game. Seems fine. And those modules seem like they're doing a lot of work because kind of reading through this one has two new layouts. Another lets you do more actions. Another one seems to give a lot of different parts and pieces. So Mm. Four might be kind of a low number to represent what's okay. going on here. Okay. And I wonder, oh no, it says one of four players. I was wondering if it out if it upped the play count as well, but it doesn't look like it. Yeah, that mm. is kind of a lot. Module, you know, everyone maybe uses that a little different, but these might be a good amount of content for what you're getting. Having never played the game though, when I just kind of read that list, it seems like it's giving more than just here's three more cards right. that you'll laugh at, <laughs> you know, like other games do sometimes. Right, right. So. Like the module is put this on the left and it's like, well, <laughs> okay. I mean, yes, you're right. Yes. Technically. Now the pieces are polymers instead of plastic. You're like, okay, I don't even know what the difference is between polymer <laughs> and plastic. Okay. Oh, and the last one for, Born and Dice, and the last one for this episode is Terracotta Army. And it is. Uh, one to four players. Um, this looks to be not an expansion, which mm -hmm. is a good deviation from this. I know Terracotta Army is a thing, and I think I've been seeing pieces of it 
yeah. at a museum before. Yeah. But boy, in this moment, I can give you nothing <laughs> about what the Terracotta Army is. Now, it says that you are building this army to protect uh, the emperor in the afterlife. It does list the name of the emperor. I think I've done more than enough damage poorly pronouncing things. So please reference that for yourself. And I imagine that this is based on like that actually happening. I think this terracotta army was in fact made for him in the afterlife. And I think it's like a traveling exhibit. Like it, you can see this army. Yeah. Like I think it goes places, which sounds wild, but in some way, you know, you hear about these previous emperors, these rulers of another time, doing things like this and kind of organizing all of their people and and in whatever means that they used getting them to do this kind of thing and to think that these armies whether or not you believe they protect them in the afterlife the fact that they're still like touring around and stuff is pretty crazy agreed um I agree with that sentiment as far as the actual things I'm also looking at the pieces for this game there's lots of horse pieces and I, I, I'm drawn to a horse piece. I don't know why, more than the actual terracotta army themselves. Um, it seems really detailed, oh, this yeah. horse. Yeah. Well, and you know, oh. I will say, in looking at these pictures, and you know, we all have the, this is a gut reaction. They have some very nice horse pieces in these, like, miniatures. But then there's yep. also just some regular old meeples. On a circular board, which that uh, Mandala game taught me, I really like a lot. So that means something. <laughs> so yeah, that I think is a bit confusing. A bit confusing, a bit unexpected, maybe. You know, I'm wondering if is this the kind of game where they had a was it crowdfunded and there was kind of a basic edition and then a more upgraded edition, or is that the mix of components that everyone is getting? Because there's there's wooden components, there's plastic components, there's these meeples. There's tokens. Like, there's a lot of different pieces going on. It's not like it's all kind of uniform. Not Great question. Sure. And looking at this, I can't tell if this is all the expansion. Or no, no, no this is the expansion. This is all the game. Mm -hmm. Right? Because this is not an expansion. Mm. Mm -hmm. There's a lot going on here. Yeah. It is hard visually to know what is happening. But yeah, it does say uh, area majority yeah. and influence, income, ancient. We kind of picked all, all of that. And then miniatures is one of the categories as well. So... I don't, I don't know that that's one I'm going to get. I'm not, despite what I said about buying more than one uh, classic board game with too many miniatures in it, I'm not otherwise really into miniatures. I think it seems like a good idea, but it, it takes up a lot of space, and I think it's more of a holdover from RPG stuff that it kind of ends up in board games and brings like this kind of drama and table presence maybe to a board game that otherwise looks very flat. I think I would be fine with a non-miniature version that was quite a bit cheaper to try this one out. I'm also not super into miniatures, but not because I don't want to be, but because I cannot allow myself to be. Oh, sure. Because then I have a right. million miniatures, yeah. and it's 3 a.m., yeah. and I'm painting the gold circlet yep. on the sorceress. And you know... We, we, I've got to live my life. Yeah. And so I cannot be into miniatures. It's one of my rules. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I got to stick by it. There's 24 hours in a day and you can't yep. have miniatures taking up 23 of those hours. Correct. <laughs> yeah. That is absolutely correct. The Castles of Burgundy Kickstarter. Well, it's not on Kickstarter. It's on GameFound. So the crowdfunding for it, that project, it came out and people were like, do we really need this? It came out and you saw the prices and what they included. And the kind of general consensus was, 
okay, that seems fine. It's actually not like crazy over, like it's overproduced, but it's vaguely reasonable. It's They have uh, prices on some of the tiers that seem fine to have a good edition of a classic game. That's And people have often said it, the game could look better. That's all fine enough. Well, they're getting late into the campaign and now they were like, here's all that plastic you expected from us. And it's just like another, I don't know how much, I don't want to say $100 and it'd be wrong, but I think it's an additional $100-ish. And it's just a box. It's a box of plastic. It's all miniatures for every for every single thing. So as you're taking those tiles, those hexagon tiles, it, it puts it on the level of that Catan 3D set. Like that's, that's what we're talking about oh, here. Yeah. But it does not come painted. So not only oh. not only are you getting all of that stuff, but it's also like you're getting it as the plain plastic. And if it came painted, one, I absolutely don't need it. But two, I might have thought about it a little more because for me to buy that, not already being a miniature painter, like we're really opening up a door here. Because and you know what I appreciate the compliment that they think I'm that good of a painter. Gosh. And you know what they're wrong. <laughs> I'm not that good. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of spray painted solid red, black, yeah. and purple characters. Yeah, it's not going to be. It's not going to be good. I think they are still actually the colors that you expect. So like the ship one is blue, but it's a 3D ship. It's a like a you know it's a miniature ship on a hexagon. And like it's not a smooth water as the base. It's like a choppy water. And I is I especially saw that one and was like, you can't. Nope. Nope. This is not yep. we're not doing this. Oh, because now I gotta register for some sort of community college class on shading, you know, in 3D. Uh -huh. And uh -huh. you know, which I guess education is good, but boy, only for that or reason? I don't know. Maybe not. Pay to have them painted. Which is the other thing, like, I would probably pay to have them painted. And there's probably someone who just loves it so much who knows they can't buy more miniatures. So you might be able to get it painted affordably because people are looking for an outlet for this. That's and they, they're like, I'm maxed, I'm maxed out. That might be true that you can find someone who's just, who's just doing it for the love of it and isn't going to be another hundreds of dollars on top of all of this that you already bought. But, yeah, that miniatures thing is... Well, it's definitely a selling point. So you, you can't really blame publishers for putting them in there because they put them in there and people pay more money, they buy them. Like it, it does make it, their perception of value there is real. Oh, yeah. But, it's super cool. It's cool every single time. I want them. Yeah. And I refuse to take them. <laughs> I I refuse to have a war room. I refuse to have a dedicated table yeah. with them all yeah. set up and no chairs in the yeah. room because you don't sit in the war room. You stand in the war room and you make plans yeah. for war. I I mean, knowing you, I know you don't need that. Like <laughs> I don't. You're right. I know this too. Really gonna, we both know me and we know I don't need that. <laughs> it would accelerate parts of your personality that, man, we really don't know what would happen next. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's a commitment you have to make. And this, I know from both of us, zero shade on anyone making that commitment. If anything, it's like, gosh, you know, live long and prosper. Yes, that seems that seems great. You're doing that thing. Uh, but we all, we all have to know ourselves and kind of the edges of the hobby that we're willing to uh, walk down. Agreed. Yeah. Not that any of that's actually required for Terracotta Army. Put a lot of weight on this one game, didn't we? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I felt like I should bring it back like, yeah. eh, eh, and Terracotta Army. Yeah. Uh, you, you could get it. It's fine. You don't even have to paint it. Right. It's fine. <laughs> it plays the same. 
Thank you so much for listening to episode 54. Be sure to subscribe to know when new episodes drop. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at Variant Hex. We have a website and a blog at VariantHex.com, and you can email us at podcast at VariantHex.com. If we only did three or four publishers an episode, this would have taken us way longer than 30-some days left until Gen Con, so we're picking up the pace a bit. The next episode will be me and Aaron covering 11 publishers from BoardGameTables.com to DV Kyochi. The hesitation you hear there is my insecurity about pronouncing foreign words. If you're listening to these in reverse, you have 53 more episodes headed your way. The next one being me and Adam talking about AEG, Adam's Apple Games, and Amigos Games listed in this same Board Game Geek preview for Gen Con 2022. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Bye.